Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins out one more day. Looks like he'll be back on Monday. He's doing all right. Just want you to know that. Man, it was a big drop last night. It was the sequel, The Twitter Files oh, Part yeah. 2. Yeah, I mean, and the details here. Again, to me, it's, I, I think this one felt more significant than the first drop. Uh, yeah, it's one of those rare occasions the sequel probably better than the original. Yeah, so new Twitter files investigation dropped this as the internal communications uh, behind that you know were about the decisions that certain Twitter employees made about censorship, and you had a concerted effort to deplatform or at least knock down the visibility of people who had the quote unquote wrong opinion. Not people making death threats, not white no. supremacists, no, nothing like that. They were actively censoring people who were basically to the right of, I don't know, Mao. I mean, it's a... well when you have a Stanford doctor, very well respected, yeah. uh, part of the Great Barrington Declaration, whatever they called it, saying, "Hey," and basically their message was. We've looked at everything that has to do with COVID in the early days. Okay, the most at risk are the older people and people with comorbidities. we got to protect them. But as far as the younger people, they got to be out in this, okay, or it's going to damage their mental health. We can keep the economy going. They were silenced. Dr. J. Bhattachara, and we've talked about him before, Yeah, very well respected, and all of a sudden he is being in, in some ways deplatformed his message can't get out because Twitter is suppressing it. Yeah, Twitter secretly placed him on a trends blacklist, which prevented his tweets from trending. And this is all at the direction of a secret group of people who would handle the most politically sensitive things. Uh, this is the Site Integrity Policy Policy Escalation Support Group. They would decide things without any actual process in place. No tickets being submitted, no complaints. They would just see somebody. They decide he's problematic, and they silenced him. A Stanford doctor, they silenced. Th that is crazy. And then they talk about libs of TikTok. Oh, which, goodness. Which, it, it, you know, you may be familiar with libs of TikTok. All this woman does is find crazy liberals on TikTok and shares mm -hmm. them on Twitter. Yes. And an internal memo from this secret group from October of this past year after her seventh suspension, the committee acknowledged that Libs of TikTok has not actually directly engaged in behavior that violate the hateful conduct policy. But they banned the account anyway or shadow banned the account anyway, suspended the account even. Yes. It goes on and on. A lot of conservative voices, uh, messages they just did not want to get out. I mean, what you're looking at really in our lifetime, if not ever in the history of the country, where you had speech suppressed to a level we've never seen before because it affected lives as far as COVID. It affected the outcome of an election. It's affected so many things. I don't know that you could ever really measure it. It's a massive story. So I'm thinking last night, okay, if you're ABC, if you're NBC, 
you know, one of these legacy media outlets. Yeah. You got to cover this story, right? And then, of course, I say to myself, they probably won't. Mm-hmm. They will probably just ignore this, which is, you know, crazy to me. And so, okay, I'll tune into the open of the Today Show. Are they gonna? Are they gonna cover this? Well, of course, they talk about Brittany Griner and the swap with Russia, and then they do a little piece on uh, Utah. We'll go live to Idaho. Idaho, with sorry. All the new developments. Talking about that criminal case. Is it a serial killer? What is the yeah. story going on there? And then another huge story that they're on today. Winter is coming. A massive, messy storm expected to bring several feet of snow in some areas and soaking rain to others. What? Parts of the Northeast gearing up for the first snowstorm of the season. What? First snowstorm in the Northeast? Yeah. Huge. Huge implications. What else you got? Plus, royal reaction. What? The British press not holding back on Harry and Meghan. Harry and Meghan. <laughs> and it goes on and on and on. The moments that have people talking. And is the palace watching? Oh. And Thursday night, thriller. And the football game last night. There you go. Free speech, forget all that because we're part of the machine that is trying to suppress stories because that's what they do. They don't want people to know what's really going on. Yeah. It's so frustrating. You know, you know what's really shocking to me about this because I, I think you could probably have pushback uh, from the left by saying, well, it's just Twitter, it's whatever, blah, blah, blah. No. Remember after 2016, Twitter and Facebook were public enemy number one to the left because they had convinced themselves that some Facebook memes had stolen an election from Hillary Clinton. So spare me this, it's not really that big of a deal. Yeah, it freaking is, man. Well, if nothing else, you have all of these people that have lied about it. Sure. Lied to Congress. Well, dude... Jack Dorsey, the old CEO of Twitter, he actually lied to Congress about this. So you had this doofus Pennsylvania Democrat, Mike Doyle, trying to dunk on Trump for talking about shadow banning of conservative accounts and things like this. And Jack Dorsey straight up lied to Congress. Wow, man. Uh, I want to read a few quotes about Twitter's practices, and I just want you to tell me if they're true or not. Uh, Social media is being rigged to censor conservatives. Is that true of Twitter? No. Liar! That's a lie. I don't know what Twitter is up to. It sure looks like to me that they're censoring people and they ought to stop it. Uh, Are you censoring people? No. Twitter shadow banning prominent Republicans. Bad. Is that true? No. No, it's all true. Yeah. So, yeah. Just one of the biggest social media companies. Their founder and CEO lies to Congress. That's not a story. Winter weather. Northeast getting a snowstorm. It's true, yeah, because the Northeast never gets a snowstorm in December. December. Never happened before. Right. Must be that climate change, right? Mm -hmm. Of course. (laughs) Although I, I, I am hearing that the next or one of the next drops will have to do with something that I, I, I would like to think that the media can't ignore, and it has to do with the internal communications about uh, child exploitation that was on Twitter, that Twitter ignored. I would hope. Like they've, I know they've ignored that story by and large over the they years. Have. And they to have. me, that's, that's crazy. But I hope I'm not getting set up to be let down. But uh, from people who I trust, they're saying this is a pretty big deal, what, what, it, what we are going to learn about how Twitter handled child pornography on their platform. 
when we found out that story at first, the first question was, how can that even happen? Yeah. How can anyone allow that? That's crazy. But then I think of this, and then we'll move on real quick. I know we'll talk a little bit about this uh, later in the show. The story that you had yesterday about the administrator at the Chicago school mm-hmm. where they're passing out sex toys to high school students as part of Gay Pride Week and giving them information on how to use it. They're flat out grooming. That story's not covered anywhere mm-hmm. other than conservative media. How is that possible? There's no way that could have happened 10 years ago. Right. With the school then saying, yeah, get off our back, yeah. basically, in so many words. Like, you get haters out there. We're just trying to educate our kids. Leave us alone. <laughs> what? Where the hell are we? It's insane, man. Meanwhile, there's also the big news of the prisoner swap. Yeah. Well, yeah, you've got this guy, Victor Blot, or Boot, or Butt, who yeah. is this international terrorist. And he's, he's an arms dealer, and Russia has been wanting to get him out of American prison for years now at this point. Right. And we agreed to swap him for a basketball player who couldn't go a month without weed. Correct. Wow. Okay. Yes, not, that's that's true. That's all true. Not, nothing to uh, nothing against Brittany Griner, uh, personally. Just just this seems insane to me that you would release one of the world's most dangerous criminals in exchange for Brittany Griner. <laughs> that's that's a terrible deal. Okay, mm-hmm. and the talking points are out. The White House, I, I think, in some ways, they were caught flat-footed because I think that a lot. I, I think they really expected more people to just blindly love this decision than actually did. And That's because they're in an echo chamber. Right. And, and and so certainly you have voices out there saying, well, if you don't love this trade, then you're a bad American. And all. You do have those voices, but, man, there are a lot of people skeptical. So the, the talking points have come out. John Kirby, one of the spokespeople for the White House, <laughs> has been making the rounds. And, dude, this guy just follows a script to a T. Because you know what? No one's doing backflips about Victor Boot being released. Okay, all right, roll that. I'll tell you this. uh, Nobody's doing backflips here, Chuck, about the fact that Mr. Boot is a free man. Look, nobody's doing backflips over here, Dana, that he's a free man again. (laughs) Look, nobody's doing backflips here, Martha. We're going to be vigilant. We were vigilant about our national security while he was in jail. We're going to stay vigilant on this. We're going to be just as vigilant uh, about our national security uh, now that he's out. He would have been free in 2029. It was not like he was serving a life sentence. It's the same thing every time. (laughs) Right. Well done, David. Like, yeah, okay, so nobody's doing backflips, all right, all right, all right, we're not doing that, Um, but hey, he was going to be free anyway in seven years. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, so is that the new standard now? Maybe it is to the left. Seven-year life, or seven-year sentence in prison is basically equal to zero years in prison. You know, so a lot of us, not knowing much a whole, you know, a whole lot about Victor Boot, Okay. Saw in Tucker last night, 60 Minutes did a special on this guy in 2010. Okay, you got to hear part of this if you don't remember it from all that time ago. If you're like, well, is it just conservatives making this guy out to be more than it really is? Well, this was 60 Minutes. 
Victor Boot, uh, in, in my eyes, um, is one of the most dangerous men on the face of the earth. On the face of the earth? Without a doubt. Mike Braun, the former chief of operations for the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration, told us Boot first exploded on the scene in war-torn West Africa in the late 1980s. Okay. Elevating there? bloody conflicts oh. from machetes and single-shot rifles to... AK-47s, not by the thousands, but by the tens of thousands. So he weaponizes civil war in Africa. He transformed these young adolescent warriors into uh, yeah. insidious, mindless, maniacally driven killing machines that operated hmm. with assembly line efficiencies. The US well, yeah, but have you ever seen Brittany Griner in the Post? <laughs> Darn near unstoppable. Okay. The U.S. has indicted him on four terror-related charges including conspiracy to kill Americans. What makes him a threat to the United States? He's a shadow facilitator. He's arming not only designated terrorist uh. groups, uh, insurgent groups, but he's also arming uh. very powerful drug trafficking cartels uh, around the globe. Unreal. Yeah. It's a good thing we don't have a problem with drug cartels right now. <laughs> <laughs> and there's more into the administration trying to explain how they came to this decision mm -hmm. while we have Paul Whelan still sitting in jail in Russia and how that made sense. And then you had NBC reporting, well, the United States had to pick one or the other. It was either Griner yeah. or Whelan. And then they scrubbed the report. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it was, no, Whelan wasn't even offered. What's the real story there? I, I, do, I do actually think NBC News got it wrong because they were on the same conference call as other media outlets and uh -huh. nobody else was reporting that. I think they got the wording wrong. Andrea Mitchell? The consummate pro, really? <laughs> yeah. Huh. Okay. Um, there's a black protest group. Wait till you hear their talking points about Asians. Talk about racist. Next. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins out today, back on Monday, he thinks. And he's doing fine, by the way. Mm -hmm. There's so much to get to with the, the Twitter story. The prison swap story with Griner is, man, the more you think about it and the more you review it, the crazier it is that we did that. Yeah, it is. And then you have racism always going on in America. And sometimes when people are talking about racism, you question, is this really racism? This right here in this story, this is freaking racism. Yeah, so there's this black advocacy group called Vocal New York, and they showed up to a city council hearing yesterday. Uh, this group, by the way, got like $127,000 from the city to do the work. Hmm. <laughs> Uh, so the council was talking about a proposed law that would tell landlords they could not use a criminal history as a reason to not rent property to someone. Mm -mm. Yeah, so, you know, hey, somebody has, uh, I don't know, property destruction, things like burglary, whatever on their record. No, you have to rent to them. Uh, no. That's crazy. And some people who happen to be Asian testified against it, saying, hey, man, this is our livelihood and our lives on the line here, okay? This sure. is safety. Um, and a dude from that vocal New York group was pissed about it. Okay. This is not about felonies 
It's about race. It's about black people. What? You see them Asian people that I just was talking? I live in Rico Park now. That is the racistest neighborhood I've ever been in. And there's nothing but Asians in there. What? Yeah. Where he it's lives. It's the racist he's ever been. No receipts on that, by yeah, the way. It's, it's racist. All those Asians up in there. Okay. If you go in the store, they will follow you around like you're getting ready to steal something. Maybe there's a history of people stealing things in yeah. the store. You ever think about that? <laughs> so that garbage that they was talking up here, that's all it was, was garbage. You know what I'm saying? Because they don't want black people to live in black people neighborhood. Because it's not their neighborhood. Because they from China. Hong Kong. We from New York. <laughs> now, now I want you to imagine. That, they don't even belong here? Is that what I'm yep, getting yep, out of that? They're from China. They're from Hong Kong. They're not real New Yorkers. Holy mackerel. Yeah, uh, I want you to imagine for a second if that's some MAGA hat wearing dude in any city yeah. in America who mm -hmm. is talking about Asians in that way. We are getting another round of PSAs about stop Asian hate. We're going to see, you know, primetime specials on anti-Asian American uh, bigotry. But in this case, we're not going to talk about this. <laughs> we're we're going <laughs> to... Yeah. Now, that group Vocal responded to this and, and put out a statement on Twitter blaming the racist tirade on structural racism. I want to I read you their quote. Okay. In response to today's hearing, the harmful language used is unacceptable and not representative of the values and mission of our organization. Okay, that's good, right? Stop there. Nope. Mm -hmm. Prejudice is insidious and is a byproduct of structural racism and trauma that communities of color experience. That man had <laughs> no choice. <laughs> But to so say racist to things racist forever about, about Asian people. <laughs> Holy crap. Oh, my gosh, man. That's insane. <laughs> you know what's making the rounds a little bit is uh, Greg Gutfeld. I don't know yeah. if you saw this or heard of it or not. Um, I'll just roll it because he's talking about how to kill hate speech. If you actually believe that the policing of hate speech actually works against hate speech, how do you explain Kanye West? There was no censorship whatsoever. That's why sunlight beats everything. If you want to see a bad idea die, let it out. It's the same thing with businesses that decide not to allow somebody into their store. Yeah, it'll die out. It takes care of itself. That's racist. Those Asians don't even belong here. More next. Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer. Scott Robbins out. Be back on Monday. He is feeling better than he was. He's doing fine. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's probably a blessing uh, that he's able to relax a couple of days out of this current news cycle. Yeah, he would be going freaking nuts right now with some of the stuff out there, especially this prisoner swap. Well, I mean, Joe Biden traded one of the most dangerous terrorists in the world for WNBA star Brittany Griner. And Russia clearly got the better deal out of this one. They get their arms dealer back. This guy who can 
uh, certainly still has a network around the world, especially in a time when Russia is trying to gain the upper hand in its invasion of Ukraine. I mean, this is a very, very valuable asset to them. We got a basketball player for a league that nobody watches in return. Yes, that's exactly right. Uh, Peter Ducey from Fox News asked the White House Press Secretary, Corinne Jean-Pierre, about this trade. Okay. In this prisoner swap, why did Russia get such a better deal? Look, you know, I've talked about this, uh, and I'll say this again. Here were our choices. Our choices was uh, Brittany or no one at all. Bringing home one American or no American at all. And, and that's that. Professional that's, athlete. We gave up a prolific arms dealer who was convicted of trying to kill Americans, who was called the Merchant of Death. The professional athlete is also an American citizen. So let's not forget that. She's really bad at this yeah. job, no, man. Nobody is is contesting that she's an American citizen. The question is, is it worth releasing one of the world's most dangerous men at a time when Russia is acting very aggressively towards its neighbors? Uh, that It's just not a wise trade. It doesn't make any sense to do. Well, see, this is the thing. You're absolutely right. And I don't know of too many people that don't agree. But the ruling class and the left see it different. And the way they see it different is... But listen, man, this is a black lesbian athlete. We can't just leave her there. Okay, she is more important than the white Marine. Even though she did break the law there and the Marine did not, it doesn't matter. And the reason I say that is because Van Jones, well, I think he said it yesterday. I'll play you the clip, and you can tell me if you think I'm way off base or if there's something to it. It just shows uh, this president got it done. Uh, he cared enough about this individual person to get her home. It was shocking. for the, I think for young Americans to see an icon like that snatched, locked up, what you don't have and what you can't allow to happen is to have a black female icon mm -hmm. treated like garbage and America do nothing about it. Mm -hmm. Something was done about it and people are going to be proud about that. Yeah, but a, a white Marine, no, it doesn't matter. Or a school teacher. Right. Or anybody else who's being detained in Russia. Yeah, you're right. That That's a total admission that it had to do with the color of her skin and her mm -hmm. sexual orientation. And I'm sorry, but she is not an icon to young Americans. I'm not. <laughs> no. Look, and it's it's weird because it's like I'm, I'm happy for her. I'm glad she's out of. I don't want to see her in a Russian penal colony for crying no. out loud. But this whole thing, she is an icon. She's not. No. How many people? I, it, I know her because I was in the sports world at the time she was playing basketball in college and lighting up the scoreboard. And that was a mm -hmm. big story that she was yes. just a dominant player. Mm -hmm. But nobody is looking at her as an icon unless maybe if you are a uh, if you're a girls basketball team member, like in the high school, maybe. Maybe. But yeah. But this idea that, like, all these young people were looking at Brittany Griner, Biden, do something! <laughs> Come on, man. Again, I would like to ask, Van Jones, name the teams that she's played for. Couldn't do it. What's her Couldn't jersey number? No. And so, yes, I thought the same thing when I'm like, okay, I rolled my eyes. But it, it's amazing what he said. 
because he was honest in that moment. Mm -hmm. And if you break it down, uh, he cared enough about this individual person to get her home. It but not Waylon. Yeah. And they go back to and Kirby did it. Any of the spokespeople. Well, there was no other choice. Then you don't take the deal. You don't give away the arms dealer responsible for tens of thousands of deaths for Brittany Griner. I'm sorry, man. I mean, if you take take her name out of this, take his name out of this, and you just explain, say it's a high school class, a college class. Okay, America's going to make this deal. All right, you got to pick one, even though it's going to be a bad deal either way. We have a Marine who did not break the law, but Russia says he's a spy. Or we have, a let's just say, a basketball player who maybe or maybe didn't know the rules about marijuana in Russia, even though they play there and get paid for it, and they try to take marijuana in. Now, also, you should probably know this particular basketball player um, is not very happy with the United States. As a matter of fact, it would not stand for the national anthem, led the charge to not have it played at basketball games, okay, because America is so flawed. All right, if you are going to make the trade and you're the American government, who are you going to make the trade for? Yeah. you got to pick one. Who's it going to be? It's a freaking no-brainer. Yeah. Well, But for the left, again, don't forget, she's an American citizen and... Uh, more than that, an icon like that snatched, locked up. What you don't have, and what you can't allow to happen, have. to have a black female icon mm -hmm. treated like garbage, and America do nothing about it. Mm -hmm. Something was done about it, and people are going to be proud about that. So you have privilege. So <laughs> stop with the crap about oh the people are just they're, they're not treated well. They they they're so disadvantaged. No 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 no, privileged, because she was put in front. Okay, are you going to tell me Corrine Jean-Pierre got her job because she's great at it? Give me a freaking <laughs> break, man. There's nobody buying that. She's terrible at it. All right, I could keep going on and on, but it is uh, that time of day where we're going to go with what you're going You look at a lot of news. There are things that jump out. There's two main topics today. We can keep going on, it seems like, all day. Yeah. But there's other stuff out there. What caught your eye today? Oh, uh, so Jessica Valenti, she's a uh, pro-abortion writer who's mad that stores won't just let people steal things. What? So she posted a photo of diapers being kept under lock and key, which is fairly common in some places in major cities because people keep stealing them. And she seems to think that this is like a Les Miserables kind of situation. Just desperate, needs it. Apparently is unaware that there are people who go around and steal things, especially for babies, and then sell them on the street. So anyway, she says, this is the baby aisle at my local Rite Aid. We are a country that wants to force women into childbirth and then lock up the diapers. <laughs> it is a perfect encapsulation of American motherhood on a more practical level. How about you just let people steal the bleeping diapers if they need them? I would hope that ensuring babies don't sit in their own filth is a universal value. Law enforcement would like us to believe that there are roving gangs of shoplifters who are interested in diapers for reasons beyond keeping babies clean. It's disgusting. 
Okay, there are actually roving gangs of shoplifters. Have you ever? You, I'm just wondering if, if if you're a news reporter, you follow the news, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Are you familiar with the smash and grab tactic that has gotten they probably really ignore those stories? But of course, it happened. Gotten pretty popular in the last couple of years, yeah. and that's one of the reasons why you're seeing things. And sadly, yes, it is baby goods, baby formula. Uh, baby diapers that have to be kept under lock and key. These businesses don't want to do it. I promise you they don't want to do it because it's, it diverts attention from uh, their employees away from what they're supposed to be doing every time someone says, hey, I want some Pampers. Right? you got to go unlock it, get it for the person. That's a hassle. They do it because there are people coming in and stealing it just to sell it on the street. Can you tell me where this person's a writer? Uh, don't, it's a, uh, oh, what's the name of the outlet? It's, it's some pro-abortion rag. Okay. So it's just whatever narrative. It's not yeah. like there's going to be an editor that's going to say, hey, wait a second, before we go ahead and put this out <laughs> right. here, you realize that there are actually people that go in and steal this for a reason. Mm-hmm. No, forget the truth. That would get in the way yeah. of the narrative, of course, which is actually sort of what my story is today. And my story is about. Well, it's the whole Twitter shadow banning and suppressing speech and not letting the truth get out because that's what they've done for years. And there was the big Twitter files data dump part two last night with Barry Weiss, who used to be with the failing New York Times. And last night on Tucker, he had Jason Whitlock on. And mentioned it before, I've been a fan of Jason Whitlock for a long time back when he was just doing sports years and years ago and become more of a commentator. And he said something last night that we've talked about on this show before when it comes to big tech, legacy media, and it's this. This is about propaganda and mind control and and the control of the American public. Twitter and these social media apps have been rigged to control our minds and what we think. And so I, I, I... I want to be careful because I don't want to unpack too much. It's hard for people to understand. And and he gets into some stuff. But just that major thought, when you think about, you know, we have the issues with the TikToks and the Instagrams and how they know what is addictive, especially to younger people. They don't care about their mental health. (laughs) There's that. They're also controlling what the truth is. Because if there are actual stories that people knew they would think a whole lot differently than they do. And I know I've made this point several times, David. It seemed to really kick in in 2015. But as I've said before, we have three recovering liberals on this show. Part of the reason why is because you're watching news every day. And again, I remember in 2015 and 16 different days, and Scott was in the hospital at that time, you or I would say to the other, wait a second, man. The New York Times just flat out lied about this. Or seeing it, they just actually lied to people. It was like this. It was the red pill. It was like, (laughs) holy smokes. And it just kept ramping up more and more and more every year when you're talking about with, well, with Trump, certainly. The Russia collusion. And then it went to, well, with COVID, it was a whole other thing. And now that we know that you had... A lot of respected doctors like Bhattacharya from Stanford silenced on Twitter 
wouldn't let his message get out. They had to control the narrative. And it goes on and on to now. There are people across the United States that really don't know what's going on. And that's all by design. Yeah. And then you wonder, okay, what can be done about it? All I know is you've got to try to convince people there's a lot more going on that you really don't know. You're not being told the truth. Yeah. You do almost uh, you do almost have to be an ambassador for truth. And just it doesn't have to be confrontational. Doesn't that sound it sounds so freaking corny. Yeah. But it it, it, it doesn't <laughs> But it's true. It doesn't have to be, you know, yelling at the dinner table. It doesn't have to be that, but just, you know, gently if somebody is saying, Well, this happened, well no it actually didn't and here's why. And let me explain this to you. You know, just being able to talk to somebody and then tell them that what they've heard is not true is a powerful thing if you can do it effectively. Yes. And, I mean, I I think one of the reasons why you mentioned, you know, news outlets lying to people just ramped up and up and up and up. Uh, Part of that was Trump hysteria. But also, this is one of the reasons why I do believe the Twitter stuff that's being dropped right now as a whole, is more significant uh, than some people may think. Because the reason news media ramped up this way is because so many of the reporters are themselves addicted to the Twitter platform. And if you have a few people in San Mm -hmm. Francisco deciding what does get talked about, what doesn't get talked about, what's hate speech, what's true, what's not true, if they are deciding that, even though only, what, 7% of America is on Twitter actively, mm-hmm. 100% of news media members are active on Twitter. That which shapes th- the conversation. Which also <laughs> lets you in and makes it even more obvious why they were all freaked out about Elon Musk taking over. Yes. One of the last things Whitlock said was this. It's about the mind control propaganda game they've been playing on the American public to overthrow our Constitution and our way of life, and they've been successful, and these people are evil and need to be held responsible. I can't say it any better than that. Totally agree, 100%. Okay. Yeah, we're in a fight, baby. That might sound corny, but it's flat-out true. It just is. By the way, uh, Elon Musk has announced new Twitter features. He also took a little shot at Biden that I think he'll be interested in. Straight ahead. Van Camp and Robin show. Now, Jamie Markley, that's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins out back on Monday. Okay. <laughs> Two of the big stories out right now combined right here. So, Elon Musk has announced um, that after this big data drop from Barry Weiss last night, that we know shadow banning was happening with Twitter, mm-hmm. suppressing conservative accounts and even accounts that just didn't agree with the people that run Twitter or the Biden administration. So they are working on a software update that will show your true account status so you know clearly if you've been shadow banned, (laughs) the reason why and how to appeal. He also tweeted, as far as the swap, (laughs) Brittany Griner for the arms dealer from Russia 
and not U.S. Marine vet Paul Whalen. His tweet said, never leave a Marine behind. Never. Oh. Yeah. Did you see where Bob Menendez, the Democrat from New Jersey, was talking about how bad this swap was and it's a moment of deep reflection yeah. for the United States government? Yeah. Do you believe what he's saying or is he just playing a role? I. You know, that's a good question. I think it could be a little bit of both. I'm glad that he's at least saying it. I am too. It needs to be said. Yes. <laughs> Swap between Brittany Griner and people like Victor Boot, the so-called merchant of death. Bad deal all the way around. It's a deeply disturbing decision, says the Democrat. Wow. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins is out today. And he had shared with some people. He wasn't feeling too good the other day. Had some tests. Everything has checked out. Yay! Yes, good. (laughs) He's feeling better and plans on being back on uh, Monday. There's a lot going on. Uh, You want to start with Twitter, David? Uh, Sure, yeah. I mean, this is a pretty big deal. The second round of the Twitter files has dropped, and it's crazy. And the short version is that these are internal documents that show Twitter actively suppressed conservatives on Twitter to shape political conversations, (laughs) which they said they weren't doing. I mean, again and again and again. Well, it's a conspiracy theory. That people are nuts if you think you're being shadow banned. That's what we heard. Uh, The former CEO of Twitter, Jack Dorsey, repeatedly denied that this was going on over the years. He helped make it happen. We do not shadow ban according to political ideology. We are not adding our own bias. Uh, Are you censoring people? No, we do not look at content with regards to political viewpoint. If you follow someone on Twitter, you're going to see them. Are we doing something according to political ideology or viewpoints? And we are not, period. But they are. And in fact, they had a uh, secret team of people at the top who would just kind of decide who did get to talk and who didn't get to talk. And I think where the... uh, where the danger of this is, as I've said before, is when you can craft what happens on Twitter, even though very few number of people in America are on Twitter, most of, if not all of, legacy media is. And so their reality is being shaped by what they see on Twitter, what's good speech, what's bad speech. And so when you have a group of people who are already more sympathetic to leftist causes than they are to conservative ones, they are heavily influenced by what happens on this platform. Absolutely. And then they get to shape reality for the rest of America. That's the truth. Remember when Project Veritas did the undercover? And you got a glimpse of people that work at these different social media outlets? Yeah. Many are far left. 
And it's like their religion. It's like their cause. And they want to really change the country. And they look at conservative people as the enemy. Yeah. And suppressing it, you're just doing your duty. It's not what's fair. It's not what America was built on. They truly believe they're doing what's right for humanity. That's kind of scary. Yeah. Really scary. You know, and another part of that, when you were mentioning, you know, the whole shadow banning thing, and I can remember at different points in time, people talking about it. And I remember Scott Adams talking about it, saying, I know it's happening because I just lost this many people. There's nothing that I've said that would make this many people in a day stop following me or I'm not getting the response. Last night on Tucker's show, Shia Rachik, I always butcher her name, she's from Libs of TikTok, Mm -hmm. was talking about it and talking about, well, she got suspended. She didn't even break their rules. Yeah. They just didn't like what she was doing. And again, if you're not familiar, you've explained it many times. She just takes clips from TikTok from liberals and then puts it out on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And the whole reason that the left hates her is because they know when you actually just share with everybody what these people really think, they're like, holy crap, they're crazy. (laughs) And they don't like that. They just like telling their own people what they're about. And sometimes it it sounds crazy, but it's very much like these teachers in school that want to indoctrinate kids into LGBTQ plus ideology. They don't want parents to know about it. They just want people that are like them to know about it. See what I'm doing? Isn't this great? But she was talking on Tucker last night about all of this. Well, I think it's clear that they're used when spread, they don't stand up to scrutiny. And um, when I spread their views in their own words, they don't want you to see it because they don't stand up to scrutiny. And it makes them look bad. And that's what they're really scared of. And the, the craziest part of this whole thing is that they admitted that I'm not even violating the policies. And they still suspended me seven times, seven times, three of which were for a week at a time. So I was suspended for probably a month altogether. And for what? For not even violating their policies. And when she was talking about that, I was thinking to myself of something that I had heard about on Libs of TikTok. And I'm like, that didn't show up in my feed. I had to go look for it. Yeah. Because that was going on. It's it's nuts, man. Also out there, a lot of talk about (laughs) the prisoner swap, David. Yeah, And even the Pentagon is concerned that we release this gun dealer, Victor Boot, Mm -hmm. saying that that was a bad trade. This is a grave threat to national security. You know what's crazy about actually saying that and admitting it's true? I want to play just a little clip from Good Morning America today because they're interviewing the former New Mexico governor, Bill Richardson on this release because he's one that's been working on this for a long time. Okay. Okay. There are a lot of different clips I can play and I'll get to some a little bit later on, but see if you can make sense of this because he almost seems to be shooting himself in the foot on his own argument that this was a great deal. <laughs> okay. Cause he's saying I, Biden should be applauded for this deal. It was a tough decision. We've been working very hard and it was tough to leave, uh, our Marine, our, you know, Paul Whalen there. And I feel guilty about it. I do. 
but it, this was the right decision. But just listen to this and see if you can make sense of it. The point is that our policy should be geared to get all our hostages out, uh, no matter what the cost in Iran and Venezuela. We have about 60 around the world, and we should stand behind these Americans. Sometimes it's going to take unpleasant choices. Victor Boot is one of them. You know, I've heard some excuses. Well, uh, he doesn't pose a security threat to the U.S. right now. Oh, he's already served 10 years out of his 20 years. No, he's a bad guy. He's a terrible guy. But I don't think there's any data that supports that uh, if, if you do a prisoner exchange, there's going to be uh, repercussions and there are going to be bargaining chips. I've done this for years and we've had good successes. Sometimes for diplomatic reasons, you get the American back to send a humanitarian message. What the heck does yeah. that mean? I don't know. That really is. It's like, yeah, he's a bad guy, but I don't think. Is he actually arguing that whenever terrorists are released from prison, they don't go back? There's no evidence that they go back to being terrorists. But I don't I don't think that's it. OK, I, I don't think that's what he's saying. I mean, I can keep going. He goes on and on, but it still doesn't make any sense. The way we did with Danny Fenster in Burma about a year ago. So uh, it varies. But, yeah, it, it's going to be it's going to take uh, a tough decision again by the president. But I think he said he's going to do it. This is a Marine, a, a military veteran. He's not as glamorous as uh, Brittany Griner, but he deserves to come home. It's four yeah. years. <laughs> it's not as glamorous. He's not yeah. an icon. Right. He's not. Come on. I mean, That's the talking point. They're open about it, too, though. I mean, they're saying, well, they because, because she fits a certain criteria that we uh, believe helps us politically, so we're going to move heaven and earth to get her back and leave everybody else behind, because who cares about that? Nobody's going to weep. Nobody's going to remember Paul Whelan's name in two weeks. Nobody's going nobody's gonna to care about that. No. And they, they keep positioning this as, well, there was really only one choice. It was Brittany Griner or nobody. Well, that, that's actually not the totality of the choices that you had. Because the other big thing is, do you release an arms dealer and, a, and an international terrorist? In that's really the consideration. It's not about Brittany Griner. It's about whether or not you're letting this gun runner who's responsible for propping up civil wars in Africa, who is propped up and profited off of terrorist organizations that wanted to kill Americans. Yes. That's the question. Do you want that guy out? No. Right. No. A reasonable person. If you're going to do that kind of swap, it's got to be like four for one. No kidding. I mean, we'll get, we can get back to, because I got more from that interview. Where it, dude, it makes no sense. We have the worst negotiators in the history of the world working on these deals. Saying, well, you know, Russia, they only gave us this one option. It's all we could get. They're tough negotiators. <laughs> well, then you say no. <laughs> I don't, I just don't understand it. But wasn't it John Kirby that said, uh, of course, Putin's going to abduct more Americans? Yeah. I mean, th this deal Golly, man. in the long run makes it incredibly dangerous for Americans traveling abroad. So the White House uh, spokesman John Kirby was on Fox News asked about that. Okay. Does it not encourage 
more abductions, more taking prisoners in order to use them to get these people back. Yeah, to some degree, Martha, that ship has sailed. I mean, this is not a, a, a new tactic for Mr. Putin, this idea of wrongfully detaining Americans in return for you know, to try to get somebody else back or to get some other concession. Uh, this is part of Mr. Putin's playbook. Uh, so we made this calculation. It was a tough decision, uh, but it was a better it was a better decision than doing nothing because it was either get Brittany what? out using Mr. Boot or get nobody out. And I think we can all agree yeah. uh, that it's better to have Brittany Griner soon on American soil rather than spending years and years uh, in prison for a crime she didn't commit. No, no we can't all agree <laughs> on can't. that, actually. No, you can't. I'm sorry, man. It's not that I wanted her to stay there. <laughs> but there are consequences to your decisions. And that was a terrible one in so many different ways. Oh, my goodness, man. It is. We, we have such a, so many weak leaders everywhere you seem to look yeah. on the federal level. It's, it's astounding. Okay, for comedy's sake, so I think we need a laugh. I don't even know if this is going to make me laugh or make me mad. I haven't heard it yet. You have it. It's a New York Times worker that said there's a certain expectation that's oh. just too much. <laughs> yeah. So the New York Times, uh, a bunch of New York Times employees went on strike as the union is negotiating a new contract. Now, Jesse Waters from Fox News sent a reporter out to talk to them. And this is incredible. Okay, roll it. What are you guys on strike about? We've been at the bargaining table for 20 months now. The company is consistently coming into the bargaining table with proposals that are insulting and unacceptable. We haven't had a raise in over two years. We have been working through the entire pandemic. Um, it's also about coming back to the office. Of course, we also want to make sure that we are protecting people. You know, we're still living through a pandemic. Remote work what? is part of the negotiations. We find it ridiculous that the company is maintaining this position, that it has the unilateral right to call us back in five days a week. <laughs> They do. You work for them. Oh, my God. <laughs> then no one lives in reality anymore. We've been working through the entire pandemic. Well, <laughs> awesome. Great for you. You know, there are millions of people who did lose their jobs because of people oh. like you advocating for lockdowns. You jack wow. wagons. Are you kidding? Wow, man. <laughs> We've been working through the pandemic. So's the dude at Walmart. Of course. And he's going into the office every day. Man, oh, man. And is there more? Oh, yeah. Th this is just really funny to me. Uh, it's how they ended it. The, okay. I'll, I'll just let the reporter speak for herself. Okay. If you guys are all on strike, who's going to write the fake news? Well, we don't actually think that we write fake news. That feels like a gotcha. <laughs> sure does. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. I needed that. That was really good. Okay. <laughs> Much more to get to. Uh, oh, including somebody from the Biden administration stole more luggage. What? That and much more coming up. Markley Van Camp and Robin Joe. Jamie Markley, 
David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, out back on Monday. Okay, the Deputy Assistant Secretary of Spent Fuel and Waste, the Office of Nuclear Energy, is in trouble again. Yeah, th- this is the guy who is part of the team responsible for strategizing how to handle nuclear waste in our country. Uh, Sam Brenton. This is the freak show. The guy who says he's non-binary or whatever, and he wears sparkly dresses, bald. Uh, and but you got a goatee. He's into puppy sometimes. play. Uh, he gives yeah. bondage lessons on Instagram. Uh, well, he's been arrested stealing luggage for a second time. I'm sorry, not arrested. Story. No, no, no. There's a felony warrant issue. Got it for Sam Brenton. So this is the second time in just a few months. Uh, we covered the story when it broke a, a little while ago. Uh, it was in Minneapolis, St. Paul. He hadn't checked any bags, but he went to the uh, the luggage retrieval area, took yeah. somebody's bag, like a designer piece of luggage. I mean, there's like nice. $2,300 worth of stuff, including the cost of the luggage, took it, and then the cops caught him traveling with it a couple of other times. And then he said, well, it's my bag. No, I uh, whatever. And then said, well, there were my clothes in the bag. I didn't steal anything. And then he fessed up and said, okay, yeah, I did take it, but it was an accident. I left all the clothes in my hotel room, but I didn't leave the luggage in the hotel room because that would be weird. (laughs) That's the thing that would be weird. (laughs) Okay. So he, he has a felony warrant issued for him again for grand larceny because he stole luggage from Harry Reid International Airport in Vegas. Dude. So he's. <laughs> it's not a stretch to say we got some mental issues going are, on here. Wait, a, oh, hold on now. That that might be transphobic or something, right? Are you telling me? Yes, I am. That a guy mm-hmm. who likes to wear sparkly dresses and lead other men around like dogs. It's part of the puppy play thing. He puts guys clad in leather on on leashes and leads them around. Yes, he is. And does how-to bondage videos on Instagram. Are you telling me that this guy might have some mental issues that have gone unresolved up to this point? Well, just to answer the left, uh, no, I don't have a psychology degree. But yes, <laughs> the dude has freaking mental problems. Yeah. Oh, the other thing is, too, now the uh, there's a left-wing news outlet called LGBTQ Nation, and yep. they're trying to distance themselves from this guy now. And pointing out that he has this story that he's loved to tell for years about uh, going to a conversion therapy camp in Florida where they electrocuted him and stuff. That never happened. I was going to say, I don't even believe that. It was a lie. (laughs) They always did this. What a joke, man. (laughs) This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin show. The biggest story of the day, David, would be... Uh, To me personally, it's that that freak show uh, stole luggage again, but... Uh, anyway, uh, biggest story of the day to me is the Twitter files, uh, part two dropping that proved that no, the idea of shadow banning or censoring conservatives was not a conspiracy theory. It happened. That was a thing that was going on in Twitter and, uh, it's been exposed now. And I think a lot of people, I would like to think in a just world, a lot of people are going to be eating crow now. They're not, they're, they're just going to ignore it and move on. The suppression of truth, man has really been something. I mean, it's historic, kind of like the prisoner swap we did. Historically bad. 
a lot to cover. And tourists keep throwing marshmallows at the Hawaii volcano. <laughs> All coming up. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins out. Look for him back on Monday. Okay. There's so much to get to. Um, just so you know, um, as far as shadow banning Twitter, that's been debunked. Yeah. Okay. That's a conspiracy theory from conservatives. Yeah. That's what we're Until told. we got all the proof last night that that absolutely happened. Yeah, the second round of the Twitter files dropped, and uh, they show uh, internal documents that uh, demonstrate that Twitter actively suppressed conservatives on Twitter to shape political conversations and therefore reality, honestly, because it's bigger than just a social media platform. I mean, it's, this is what drives news outlets' decision-making. This is what informs pundits. This is what informs reporters. This is what informs assignment editors, is what is big on Twitter. And so when you have a few liberals in San Francisco saying, this viewpoint is good, this viewpoint is bad, that actually shapes reality for millions of Americans and rigs elections. And Not it, only that, man, but think about if you were a parent trying to figure out, do I get my 15-year-old vaccinated? Yeah. I'm trying to get all the facts that I can, but when those facts are suppressed, yeah. it's awful. Yeah. It's, it, I don't think that could be overstated because they were suppressing that too. Anything that didn't agree with the Biden administration, and we don't even know the FBI's full involvement or the administration with all of this. That's still to come, isn't it? Yeah, it is. There's, there's been a joke online among conservatives, and I think it, it's so perfect. It, it totally defines where the left is in so many different arenas. And it's the basic phrase of, it's not happening, and it's a good thing that it is happening. That's what they do with everything, critical race theory and curriculum. It's not yep. happening, and it's good that it is happening. Uh, transgender surgeries for minors. It's not happening, and it's a good thing. Late-term abortions, it never happens, but it's a good thing that it happens. Um, because I, I, it is always denial and then affirmation that it's happening, and you're a bad person if you think there's something wrong with that. Correct. And now these people are out there saying, well, the, everything that we learned from the Twitter files, it was in Twitter's terms of service. Come on. But it wasn't. No, not it to was this not. extent. No. And they not to mention the fact that the CEO of Twitter, Jack Dorsey, multiple times denied, explicitly denied that this was happening. Uh, other people with Twitter explicitly denied at every turn that this was happening. And now we have the proof that it has been happening. And don't take my word for it. Don't let the liberal media get away with this because they were saying all along that it was a right-wing conspiracy theory that this was going on. Here's MSNBC, for example, in 2019. Okay. This idea of shadow banning is something that he's brought up, which mm. is essentially this concept that Twitter... Is that Casey Hunt? It is. 
Before she went to CNN? Yeah. Okay. Twitter would allow you to post something, but then effectively make it invisible, make it not show up in searches. Right. This has been widely so, debunked. The president, by the way, has tweeted about this idea of shadow right. banning, saying it's not good. We're going to look into this discriminatory illegal practice. He's tweeting about other tech companies just this morning as well. But as you point out, Twitter's like, dude, not so much. They, yes. I mean, this has been debunked by Twitter. They say that this is not something that they actually actively engage in. There was an incident where some people, some prominent conservatives were not showing up in search. They claim that it was a, a brief, a brief glitch. <laughs> so That's what they would say to people all the time. Right. Uh, it's, been, it's been debunked. And, and again, this is the general rule that I think we've had for years on this show now. Anytime somebody says it's been debunked in the mainstream media, it means it's probably true means look into it yes because it is probably true more times than not wow man and you know you bring up a great point dude because it's true it is it's not happening no that no that's not happening that's not true okay mm -hmm. it is good that it is happening yeah and i think it's because these people think basically all of their beliefs are the way things should be. Yes. So they don't they don't mind if they get caught lying because they and their mind are doing a greater good. Yes. That's not the way this country is supposed to work. That's right, but that's that's how and I know you wind up sounding like a tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist here, but that's how Marxism works. It is. Is that they know that the ideas are indefensible. They cannot they do not even have the faith that they can back up their own beliefs. They just say, follow our lead, you bigot. They have to do it by force. And this is why mm -hmm. you have to have these programs in Twitter. This is why you have to have what the Biden administration has been doing on multiple fronts. You know you can't defend any policy that, you, that you're championing because they don't stand up to any scrutiny whatsoever. No. So you just have to lock down opposition period yes and at the same time okay put a timer on this i don't want to go completely way off on a nutty rant so put give me 60 seconds all right okay over time you've had the far left infiltrate okay media for sure and then it's big tech you know from the get-go it's been education the colleges right you're seeing it now in medical schools you're seeing it in law firms. And so you have all of these people with the same sort of thought, all working toward the common goal. And that's really of completely changing the country forever. There's no constitution. And it is about critical race theory and trans LBGTQ ideology. It's socialism. It's Marxism. And people have to stand up and fight against it. Is that 60? Yeah. It's everywhere, dude. Sure. I mean, we're seeing it right now, switching gears to the swap, the Russian arms dealer for the WNBA <clears throat> icon. <laughs> okay. Because I think the script is supposed to be, hey, it's the only choice we had. We had to do this. We would have loved to have bring, uh, brought the Marine home. We couldn't do that. So it was this or nothing, right? That, it, it's just the way it was. Yeah. But some people are actually telling the truth of what this was about. And it was about because Brittany Griner is black and lesbian that she got, well, preferential treatment mm -hmm. over the Marine. I mean, that's 
what we're seeing. So John Kirby is out there saying, hey, uh, we're not doing backflips about this swap. <laughs> yeah, th- this is crazy, man. I mean, he has the talking points, and boy, he's sticking with him, isn't he? I mean, who write, does John Kirby write this, or is it somebody, one of Biden's people that writes this and just says, go on out there? I don't know, but I it know. is. I'll tell you this. Uh, nobody's doing backflips here, Chuck, about the fact that Mr. Boot is a free man. Look, nobody's doing backflips over here, Dana, that he's a free man again. Look, nobody's doing backflips here, Martha. We're going to be vigilant. We were vigilant about our national security while he was in jail. We're going to stay vigilant on this. We're going to be just as vigilant about our national security now that he's out. He would have been free in 2029. It's not like he was serving a life sentence. Oh, my gosh. Okay. But yet, at the same time, you do have people on the left doing backflips, like the White House spokesperson, Karine Jean-Pierre. Oh, yeah. You know this. On a personal note, Brittany is more than an athlete, more than an Olympian. She is an important role model and inspiration to millions of Americans, particularly the LGBTQI plus Americans and women of color. She should never have been detained. By Russia, and well, she did, you brought this up. She did break the law. Paul she, Whalen didn't break the law. Yeah, that she we did. Know of. Yeah, yeah. It all seems crazy to us, but yes, there's that. I think I don't know if Don Lemon and Van Jones were doing backflips, but man, they were they were certainly happy about it. Yeah. So I think Don had to take a second. If I would be, I think I would be remiss if we did not mention also the importance this plays for the LGBTQ community. As we've been talking about black women, this is big. So this is for the LGBTQ community. Glad releasing a statement. Obviously, just I'm summarizing here that they're happy and it shows the the um, struggles and the danger that members of the LGBT community face around the world. But when you look at what is happening with the LGBT community specifically here um, in the United States. What is happening here? What is he talking about? Is he saying she got arrested because she was gay? She was not arrested for being a lesbian. Isn't that what he's saying? Yes. She She was arrested for having weed. Right. Okay. And then what? what is he talking about? What's being faced here? I don't understand it. Um, what does this say? Does, what, does this bring attention to that? And it shows us, hey, look, we're all Americans. Listen. No one said she wasn't American. <laughs> Is anyone saying right now people in the LGBTQ plus community aren't American? What in the heck are you talking about? I don't know, man. Absolute nonsense. You talk about nonsense. I want to play you part of an interview. This was on Good Morning America. This is Bill Richardson, former New Mexico governor, who was a big part of this negotiation with Russia, apparently. And he's talking about... As far as this deal, apparently originally the deal was going to be a two-for-two swap. But he thinks that's when Putin stepped in. Mm -hmm. Okay? Let's check it. Then what happened, I think President Putin stepped in. And he said, uh, one for one, and that's it. I don't think President Putin wanted to give President Biden a victory. Although I do think President Biden got the edge because we get an American icon. And they get their warlord back. It's unreal. Holy crap. No way. Dude, I I was shaking my head watching this going, is this real, This what this dude is saying? Okay, so even the interviewer, Good Morning America, what about the former Marine, Paul Whalen? 
You know, I'm not a pessimist here. I, I, I feel guilty about Paul Whelan. We've tried. I've tried for four years to get him out. And there's always a stumbling block at the end. But I, I see light at the end of the tunnel there. But it's going to take a prisoner exchange to get him out. <laughs> you had your ace in the hole right <laughs> yes, there. It doesn't get much better than the arms dealer. <laughs> as far as the bargaining chip. Oh, my gosh, man. It really isn't is. Isn't that astounding? It's like I said yesterday. It's like, yeah, honey, um, I'm sorry. I got a new pair of shoes, but I had to trade away the house for it. <laughs> it was that. It was either get the pair of shoes or don't get the pair of shoes, okay? But the pair of shoes, they're Jordans. They're iconic. They're iconic. Okay? Don't forget that. <laughs> they keep throwing American icon out there like they just traded for Steven Tyler. Right. <laughs> An icon to millions of black women and LGBTQ Americans. Okay, before this whole mess started, I wish I had a time machine and I could go back to talk to either black women or gay people and ask them, who's Brittany Griner? I would love to ask that question. I might be able to do part of that. Okay. Before the show's over. But before we get there. So, hey, you are part of this big negotiation. You've been working on this for years. You've just failed so far because, the, well, the, the Russians, they're tough negotiators. Uh, well, what's it going to take to get Whalen home? Uh, the Russians don't do, do these for free, and they're tough negotiators. And, uh, you know, Boot is a terrible person, but I think the president deserves credit for making that decision to get uh, Brittany Griner. <laughs> what? That doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. well, but in really the end, in the end, David, let's keep these negotiations on a humanitarian track, shall we? And you want to keep these negotiations on the humanitarian track. You don't want to mix the geopolitical relationship between Russia and the U.S., which is terrible. And that's being generous, that description. What? These are the people that are negotiating? Mm -hmm. That doesn't make any sense. Dude, I I don't know what else to say to that. Either you're going, you're trying to fit in talking points, or you're that bad at it. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. Um, on a lighter note, I know for a lot of people in January they go dry January. Yeah, because there's a little bit more drinking in December than there is January. Although the current news cycle, maybe you're looking at January saying <laughs> I can't do it. You know, I'm just gonna just have can't. to booze. <laughs> And maybe that's why nine in ten drinkers in this latest survey said they they don't really want the dry January. They want a dry-ish January. <laughs> a moist January. Dry-ish? What does that mean? Well, it depends on who you ask. Like, well, Most people are saying, well, it means moderation. Okay. Yeah, I still want to prioritize my health and all of that. But no drinking? With everything that's going on right now, it just that's too big of a mountain to climb right now. <laughs> Hilarious, man. You got to laugh. You got to laugh through uh, some of this. Okay, we got to get to another news uh, update. And also, it's Friday. That means a Friday 5. What is on the Friday 5 today? We'll get you all set up. Just a couple right here.
The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, Dave Van Camp. Scott Robbins is out. He's doing fine. He should be back on Monday. News update, David Van Camp. Yeah, well, uh, Joe Biden, you know, he said there are a lot more important things to do than visit the border. Uh, we know what one of those things. We know one one of those things is he is uh, sitting down for a one-on-one interview with Drew Barrymore. Okay, for her daytime Why? talk show. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> You know, I would love to see the raw interview not edited because yeah. I bet it's so unintentionally funny and sad at the same time. But you'd love to see it, man. Um, man, we're not going to have time for this right now. We're going to have to do it later in the show. But I would just want you to know, David, you said after so many broadcasters have called Brittany Griner an icon. Yeah. You wish that there could have been like people just asking people on the street if they'd ever even heard of her before. Yeah. I'm like, I think I think we did that bit. And it was. It happened over the summer. It was the Daily Caller. They went out in New York uh, just a, as a little snippet. It, it would go like this. What's your favorite men's basketball player? Do you, do you have a favorite basketball player? Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry? Okay. Do you have a favorite women's basketball player? I forgot her name. <laughs> I mean, women deserve equal pay. Uh, they do equal amounts of work. Can you name any uh, WNBA players? No, I can't. <laughs> it goes on like this. Yeah. It's a loop. The people in New York couldn't name their local team. <laughs> but never let that get in the way of the narrative that Brittany Griner is, in fact, mm-hmm. an icon. Okay, Friday 5 time. Friday 5, that's the countdown we do every Friday. Take a little break from news. And usually do a music countdown. It's good for the soul. This week, David, well, got to have the Christmas angel, right? Yeah. Songs with angel in the title. Very interesting. There's some great songs with angel in the title. Yeah, there are. So be thinking that. If you want to get in early, it's 210-619-2053. The Friday Five Angel Songs next right here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins is out. In some rest, feeling good. They'll be back on Monday. Of course, this time on Friday, you know what this means. Time. The countdown is on. You know what this means? It's our favorite time of the week. Anybody wants to get mellow, you can get the f- out of here, all right? The Friday Five. It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Friday 5, our countdown every Friday. And this week, well, Christmas is coming up. What do you put at the top of your tree? A lot of people put angels on top of their tree. If you want to know, David, the the whole tradition started years and years ago Mm -hmm. because angels were a part of the original Christmas story. Mm -hmm. And so people would put angels on top of their tree. Some thought they would fend off evil spirits. Some people put stars, but a lot of people put angels. 
a lot of times we're looking for an excuse to do a countdown. And yeah. this was a good one to do Angel. Some people have controversy in their homes about angels on the tree. <laughs> Wouldn't know anything about that, would you? Well, we had one that I thought was cool that the angel's wings would change colors. Okay. And I think my wife thought it was a little trashy and then got one that was, you know, probably more elegant, all in white, but it reminded me of the white witch from Narnia <laughs> and a couple of our kids. And so there would be a fight every year, which angel was going on top of the tree. Mm-hmm. Finally, my wife just got a star for the, upsta- uh, the upstairs tree, the downstairs. Now it's a switch. And then all my ornaments got sent downstairs, too. Of course. If you ask about cowboy figurines yes. and things like that. Your cowboy yeah. dolls are now... Hanging yeah. on the tree downstairs. Out they're of not. Sight. They're, they're not dolls. They're ornaments. Mm-hmm. Ornaments. Okay, Troy Aik- hang them on there. Yeah. Yeah. Aikman's in there. Yeah. <laughs> I have an Iron Maiden bulb as well. <laughs> but let's not get too much into my tree. Let's get to this countdown. Angel songs. Okay. Scott actually participated in uh, ranking this, yeah. so he he is a part of this in spirit. As always, the number to call is 210-619-2053. Who's up first? Uh, let's talk to Troy in Amarillo. Hey, Troy. Hello. Hello. Hey, Troy. Hey. How's it going, buddy? I'm doing fine. What you thinking about an angel song? Well, I was thinking about, I come from the old uh, Vietnam burning your bra free love days. Mm-hmm. And uh, I used to love Angel in the Morning by Juice Newton. Oh, yeah, dude. Number four. Just call me Angel of the Morning, Angel. David, as the millennial, I got to ask, do you know this song? I do know this song. Okay. It was also uh, incorporated into a song with the artist. I just completely blank uh, during my childhood. Okay. Well, like even in country radio when I started that, like '86, that was still getting played. Mm-hmm. That was a big hit. That was a multi-format smash mm-hmm. back in the day. So that's a good one for the five. Who's up next? Uh, let's talk to Uncle Schultz and Gresham. Uncle Schultz. Yes, sir. Well, gentlemen, you know, it's kind of hard to have a dry January when I have all that leftover Schlitz malt liquor and Boone's Farm in the back of my truck. (laughs) Anywho, I'm going to go with the song Angel by Aerosmith. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Number three. Okay. This is where I got to ask again, David, it's the millennial. Yeah. Angel from Aerosmith. I know you're an Aerosmith fan. Yeah. You like it? Love it. I love, love this it. song. I love I, it. I, I used to think it was more of a guilty pleasure, but the power ballads of Aerosmith, I freaking love. Wow. Because, man, they just, they do it in such a grandiose way. Those ballads, man, I, I, I can't help it. I love them. They're just perfectly done. See, this would be fun to get because, you know, some Aerosmith fans, they don't like the ballads, especially the later ones, yeah. like Angel and then into the 90s, stuff like that. But I think it's kind of cool that you love that song and mm-hmm. I'm not ashamed to admit it. No, I'm not ashamed to admit it. Yeah, Robbins hates that song, <laughs> <laughs> as you know. I mean, it's not Toys in the Attic, obviously. I, I right. look at it almost like that era of Aerosmith is a different band than the early uh, stuff. Yeah, in a lot of ways, that's true. Okay. 
So we got two out of the five for Angel songs. Who's up next? Uh, let's talk to our friend Mary in Delaware. Hey, Mary. Hi, guys. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, Mary. Anywhere exotic today? No, back to uh, Fenwick. We're back okay. home for, as of three as of three a.m. this morning. Wow! <laughs> so, I know. Boy, you're making it in for the countdown. Awesome. We appreciate uh, it. I am. I wouldn't miss it. I don't miss. You know, I wouldn't miss you guys. We listen oh. to you on night on uh, tune in when we're not home. Oh, thanks so much. Well, what are you thinking today well, for an angel song? Well, I'm thinking of a couple, but I'm going with Angel of Harlem by U2. Wow. Yes. Did not make the five. Good. I have good memories of this song. That's when I started, went from country radio to rock radio, that was huge. Yeah. I don't right know what the te- I don't know what the test of time is on that song. That's it's a tough it, one. That's where it gets dinged for me because I just don't hear that. Much. No, you don't. And it was big at the time, but yeah, it does get hurt by test of time. It's kind of fun to hear some of that older U two, especially the live stuff. Yeah, you know some of the raps within the songs. Yeah, <laughs> especially. All right, who's next? Uh, let's talk to Woody in Vancouver. Hey, Woody. Hey, guys. Love your show. Nobody's doing backflips here in the Woody household because Robbins has taken the last three days off. But you two stepped up and delivered three fine shows in a row. Oh, Thank you. Thanks, Woody. <laughs> what you got today? My song, Willie Nelson, Angels Flying Too Close to the Ground. Oh, man. I will still remember... If Willie Nelson was a great singer, that song. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are many examples right there. Okay, you probably haven't seen any of the George Jones, Tammy Wynette show that's now on. Is it Paramount? I forget. I saw the first episode. Oh, yeah. And so that's all it took. And then I'm going back to all this old country. Mm -hmm. You know, you always go through these cycles. And Willie, Waylon, all that old stuff. So, yeah, it's good to hear that today. Again, we're doing Angel Songs for the Friday Five, and the number is, as always, 210-619-2053. Who's up next? Uh, Let's talk to Mike in Southern California. Hey, Mike. Hey, good morning, non-birthing persons. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, California. As far as you know. (laughs) Yes. Good point. Uh, (laughs) So this might not actually fulfill your test of time as you traditionally do it, but it's been eligible for now two weeks in a row, Angel Eyes by Jeff Healy Band. And it does. Number five. Number five. Sometimes it can happen with bands, but the actual song, more of a rarity. Most radio airplay that song has gotten in 20 years. You know what? So after we talked about that last week saying it just doesn't get played anymore, Mm -hmm. I got a message from a couple people I know like, hey, man, still playing that song on the radio. I'm like, oh, (laughs) so sorry. So sorry. And I listen to you guys all the time. I really do. Anyway, uh, who's next? Let's talk to our buddy Johnny in Salina, Kansas. Hey, Johnny. 
Hey, brothers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Happy Friday, Johnny. Boy, Thanks for checking in, man. Appreciate it. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't go a week without it, honestly. Yeah, I have to call in. You know, hey, guys, I, I, I've been thinking I can't wait till Joe Biden's presidential library opens up, you know. <laughs> I love I love picture books, man. I, I just love them. I'm so happy. You know, awesome. I, I guess for my pick this week, I'm gonna go with uh, how about the Black Crows, man? Uh, she talks to angels. Well, Johnny, celebrate, my man. You're gonna have a great weekend. Number one. Huge song. Yeah. Good test of time. Yeah, it is. My personal like is a little bit lower. On it, and it's not because I think it's a great song, but it bums me out so much that I I rarely want to hear it. It's heavy, yeah. <laughs> as far as the content, the lyric, it's a great song. It really is. And that was a huge song. You know what gets unfair a little bit sometimes, and I mean we all voted for this very high. Is you can hear a song and say, well, that's not my favorite song from the band. Yeah. But when you're ranking these, that doesn't really matter. No. Because, yeah, there might be 10 songs I'd rather hear from the Black Crows, but that doesn't mean you still don't give it high marks. So yeah. that is right. a great number one. Um, still looking for number two, by the way. And there are some great honorable mentions. You know, as we mentioned, Robinson out here today, and he is feeling much better. You know, it gets put through different things in a stress test. We were talking, saying, well, What's a better stress test than defending your picks on the five? No kidding. Because <laughs> we always have so much fun with that. Um, but again, if you want to get in, 210-619-2053. It's the Friday Five Angel Songs, and we'll wrap it up next. All right, the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. Scott Robbins out back on Monday. We got a news update to get to. A uh, funny one, too, David has about the prisoner swap. Unbelievable. Uh, but we got to wrap up the Friday Five. This week, songs with Angel in the title. Uh, right there's your number one. <laughs> number one, I guess, if you want to see Pets Wounded. <laughs> In that commercial forever, Sarah McLaughlin. Uh, no, that was not actually the uh, the number one. The number one uh, was the Black Crows, and she talks to Angel. Um, number three, Angel from Aerosmith. Juice Newton's Angel the Morning at four, and Angel Eyes from the Jeff Healy Band at five. We've also had honorable mentions from U2 and others. And back to it, David. Uh, let's talk to John in Connecticut. Hey, John. Good afternoon. Let me see what I have for you in my book of answers. Ah, yes, the best song about eyes is the guess who's these are. Oh, I've gotten a bit ahead of myself. I'm sorry. The president has been very clear about this. That the best song about angels is Greg Almond's. I'm no angel. <laughs> Great Corrine Jean-Pierre <laughs> references. Uh, yes. No, no Except she would have called him no, Greg no Aleman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness, man. 
That was a big hit at rock radio back in the late 80s. Not that big a top 40. So it gets a little bit hurt there. But I enjoy that song. You know what, man? Number two, you could you could argue is the biggest hit of the bunch. Yeah, kind of hard to... I don't know. I don't know what the test of time might be on that. I, I mean, I guess it still gets played, but... I mean, not anything that I seek out, but I hear it in places. Yeah. But anyway, back to the countdown and who's next. Uh, let's talk to Scott in Virginia. Hey, Scott. Season greetings, comrades! <laughs> hey, Scott. How are you? You feeling all right? I'm okay, but I understand my namesake has been out for the last three days. Yeah. Doing all right, though. Feeling good. Yeah, I guess I guess he was out because there was, you know, shopping carts put around outside his apartment, and he couldn't get away from them. <laughs> <laughs> he was trapped. But that's okay. Jean-Claude Van Damme said he now gets the Nobel Prize for bravery. <laughs> that's true, yeah. It's very noble. When asked about if he was being heroic about it, and if he could say that word, Robin said, hell nah. <laughs> Good take there, Scott. So what do you got this week for Angel Song? Well, the song I have this week is, is what Biden says when he kisses his wife or, or the first lady or, or the vice president, whichever it is, Kiss an Angel Good Morning by Charlie Pride. Yes, good call on that one. You've got to kiss an angel good morning and let her know you think about her when you're gone. I just want to do it. Kiss an angel good morning. And a great life. And love her like the devil when you get back home. Yeah. So what's the test of time on that? Because that's iconic, and it yeah. it stayed around for a long time. Maybe a classic country weekend or something like that. Maybe love me a classic country weekend. Oh yeah, that, man, that's fun stuff. Still looking for number two songs with "Angel" in the title. Who's next? Well, let's talk to Greg in Portland. Hey, Greg. Hey guys. Hey Greg. Um, yeah, you know Jeff Healy got me twice in a row. I just couldn't get in. Um, but I'm going to go with, uh, well, first, actually, where's Miguel? That's a good where question. Where is Miguel? No idea. It's like a proof of life. We need proof of life for Scott, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just go to his Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, this one's for Monica, and we're going to go with uh, Fly to the Angels by Slaughter. Oh, yeah, man. Mark Slaughter. Those big hits. I think you were one year old there, David. Maybe two. Decent Wait. test of time. Is it? For this song, yeah. Oh, man. That might have snuck in then. <laughs> Get close. I had it in my five. Did you really? Yeah, I did. You know what, man? I, I thought test of time would be like a two. No. Wow. I, test of time probably about a six or a seven. It would have been in my five yeah. for that. Went to a hockey game with Mark Slaughter once. <laughs> really nice guy. Seriously. He said it was. All right. We still got to get to number two. We got time for another? Uh, yeah, we should just burn number two here. All right. Number two. Again, this might be the biggest hit of them all. Number two. Now, calling all angels. 
Yeah, man, that's not something that I might reach for, but I think that's a really well done song. It's a good song. Yeah, it's fun. Okay. That's good countdown. Thanks for participating, as always, for Angel in the Title. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. And we got a news update to get to, but biggest story of the day, David? Uh, Probably the Twitter Files Part 2 drop that shows that, yes, Twitter had uh, a program in place to censor speech that they just didn't like. Even if it didn't violate their own terms of service, they would just... I think probably the biggest secondary story related to that is now all of these people who called you a conspiracy theorist for years mm-hmm. are saying well we all knew this this is a yawn nothing burger you know what the third part of the story is to me that's a big story what's that the legacy media is not even covering it. oh yeah they won't talk about it and that's on purpose it's freaking crazy we'll get to all of that and much more coming up right here The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp. Scott Robin's out. He is feeling better. Should be here on Monday. I don't know what story you have in this news update. You're laughing. I, uh, I heard. I heard Fauci. I'm not quite sure where it goes from there. I okay. <laughs> so <clears throat> the White House put on a little Q and A about being safe from COVID this holiday season, and of course, get vaccinated. Get the COVID vaccine. Still, it's like I, I'm just looking at our show, ignoring uh, you know the rest of the data that backs up our experience. All three of us have been vaccinated. All three of us have gotten COVID, but you didn't get the booster. God, didn't get the boost. That you got the booster. Oh, a year ago, yeah, right before Christmas, uh, because I was still being guilted into, and I let it happen. I'm not blaming anybody else, but it's like, okay, I don't want to be the guy that gets somebody else, you know, that has comorbidities, yeah. you know, sick. And then after that, it was like, no, I'm done. Mm-hmm. That's it. So here are uh, here's one section of this as they're giving tips for a happy and healthy holiday season. What do we say if we have a family member who is still hesitant about getting the vaccine? Well, I would reason with that person by just showing them the data. And the data are overwhelmingly dramatic. You've got to be gentle. You don't need to force people to do anything. Time out. Don't want to coerce no, 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 anybody. no, 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 no. I want to see the data, okay? <laughs> because now we've all looked at enough data to know how you manipulate the data to make it in your favor, okay? So we can see right through that crap. Maybe you're forgetting another question. With what could be? Well, have you had COVID? When did you have COVID last? Because if you had COVID, you're not going to spread it to somebody else. It actually works better than the vaccine. But you won't say that because there's no money in that. All right, go ahead. You've got to be gentle. You don't need to force people to do anything. We don't want to coerce anybody. But appeal oh, to their that's reason funny. that the data are overwhelming in that direction. Don't. We don't want to. We don't want to coerce anybody. As the uh, Biden administration is also fighting tooth and nail 
to keep the military vaccine mandate in place. Mm-hmm. I, I, it doesn't make any sense, man. Just want to play another thing. This isn't from today, but as he's talking about, you don't want to force anybody. You don't want to coerce anybody. You got to be gentle. This is the first thing I thought of. This is not complicated. We're not asking anybody to make any political statement one way or another. We're saying try and save your life and that of your family and that of the community. It's easy to get. It's free and it's readily available. So, you know, you've got to ask, what is the problem? Get over it. Get over this political statement. Just get over it and try and save the lives of yourself and your family. Get over it, you rube. Unbelievable. You got to be gentle. Mr. Fauci. Oh, sorry, Dr. Fauci. Do we know the effects of this vaccine seven years from now? Five years from now? Remember back earlier in your career where you would say you really don't know the effects of a vaccine like this for years? You're not sure? And now we've seen different studies, peer-reviewed studies, one of your favorite sayings, that peer-reviewed. As far as myocarditis, especially in males under the age of 40, where if you're an otherwise healthy person, it's more dangerous to get the vaccine than it is to get COVID? What about those studies? Nope, you never talk about stuff like that. And it used to be if you tried to put that message on Twitter, even as a respected doctor, you got shut down. Mm-hmm. That guy, man. I I really hope he has to answer all the questions. Um, well, he won't, so that's okay. You know, in front of Congress, in front of law enforcement, no. I would love to see that. Mm. Probably won't happen. Yeah, I know. Okay, so that's the uh, Fauci update. Um, did you have another news update too? Yeah, I do. So we were talking about this Sam Brinton guy. This is the dude who's uh, working with well sensitive nuclear material. For the government, for the Department of Energy. Uh, He is uh, overseeing the disposal and management of nuclear waste. He is the the non-binary guy. He's a fellow who likes to wear sparkly dresses and also likes to put guys in dog collars and lead them around like they're puppies. Um, Also has some very eye-opening how-to videos involving spanking and bondage. Very mentally stable. Yeah, obviously very mentally stable guy. Well, you know, he was uh, charged with a crime in Minnesota, if you remember, for stealing a lady's luggage. (laughs) How could you forget? (laughs) And he denied it. Then he said, yeah, I did, but it was an accident and uh, this whole thing. He's been busted again stealing somebody's luggage, this time in Las Vegas at Harry Reid International Airport. Now, a lot of us are saying, hey, you know... Maybe it was a bad idea to hire this guy in the name of some sort of twisted version of equity, right? That okay, yeah. I know the guy. You know he ha- he he has certainly a, a, a qualifying a college career. You could say that. I mean, very learned individual, okay. but he's also a freak show and clearly mentally ill. Yes, and you know, look, th- this- dude, under any other circumstances. <laughs> Okay, let's say it's a straight white male. Yeah. Okay, uh, a straight black female that works for the administration. Whatever. They got caught stealing luggage. Yeah. And you're like, what the, who does that? Yeah. 
And then you get caught again. <laughs> it, is, it is really the funniest subplot of this administration to me. Uh, and the fact that they just won't really uh, say anything about this as an administration is really funny. They couldn't get enough of this guy when they were appointing him to the position. But now, oh, man, he's kind of a freak show, it turns out. Um, now, Forbes has this article up. Get this. Okay. GOP jump on Biden official Sam Britton's second theft allegation. Blame wokeness. Republicans pounce. Come Always on, Republican man. And, and like, like you said, anybody else, this would be late night comedy fodder, obviously, because who does that? You're already facing charges for stealing a lady's luggage, and then you do it again? Yes. That's... You have <laughs> mental issues. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap. I mean, you already have mental issues. Right. Any sane person already knows that. This just goes to another level. Yeah. Well, and he also lied about his uh, conversion therapy story where he talked about, you know, having electrodes put like it was electroshock therapy in Florida and used that to gain some level of influence. And now he's working in, in the Biden administration. Um, yeah, it turns out this guy actually has some problems. I mean, again, I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> but I can look at sense. the evidence and tell you that the guy who leads around leather-clad men and dog <laughs> collars probably has some mental issues. So we'll wait and see. Okay, I know he was on leave for the first theft. Yeah. Okay, is this something that actually gets someone fired? It, it's got to be, right? I would think so. But who knows, in the name of equity, maybe we're going to talk about we need to get the person the help that they need. <laughs> it's insane. And there's certainly more talk about the Twitter files, part two. That's been a big story, you know, at least for conservative media today. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, The Hill covered it. And I guess I shouldn't have been surprised that Good Morning America didn't talk about it at all or the Today Show, and I don't know that they will. I mean, there's going to be more news that comes out of what was going on at Twitter and what they suppressed. Mm -hmm. But just the fact that not only was it, quote, conservative voices, and I think that's been talked about a lot, but also respected doctors from the medical world. Bhattacharya from Stanford University. Mm -hmm. And I forget what label it was uh, for Twitter, but they suppressed anything that he had to say. Yeah. So that wouldn't get out. And what was he saying? Well, he was part of the Great Barrington Declaration, which had said early on in COVID, all right, we're looking at all the facts here. And what we can see is that there's a huge risk to the elderly and to people with comorbidities. Okay, we've got to protect them first and foremost. But for everybody else, for their mental health, for their physical health, we it's going to be terrible for kids if we do lockdowns and if we keep them out of school. Yeah. And for everybody else, we've got to keep the economy going. We have to you know, keep all the things that make you a healthy, well-rounded person going. You can't shut everything down. And those people, highly respected, were silenced. Mm -hmm. And think about the outcome of that. You couldn't have a debate. You couldn't have a conversation. You were labeled a science denier. Yeah. And certainly Fauci was a part of that. But again, as we would say 
going through this on the air all the time. Listen, I have no agenda, man. I just want to know what the truth is. What's the truth? The, you know, because there were so many things that didn't make sense. So when you had respected doctors saying one thing, but then they were just shut down. After a while, you start to think to yourself, is that person a kook? Are they not really a professional? Why isn't that story getting out there? Yeah. And to know that it was all by design is just, you know, pretty crazy. So that's one of the big stories. And the other one that will be talked about a lot is the release of Brittany Griner and the swap for the arms dealer from Russia, Viktor Boot. Yes. <clears throat> and you know, some people are saying this this is one of the worst swaps that anyone could make. And it, what Biden did was unforgivable. Does it reach that level, David? Well, I, I think we've been in unforgivable territory for so long. But, yeah, I mean, this. It, let's say that the last nearly two years had never happened. Yeah, this is pretty unforgivable to let. let it, and I, I feel like i got to keep saying it. It's not about Brittany Griner. I don't, I don't care that Brittany Griner is home. I'm, it's like, I, I'm not mad that she's out. I'm mad that this Victor Boat is out of prison. I'm furious about that because this is a guy. If you, okay, if you think that Black Lives Matter, you should also hate this decision because if this guy's running all over Africa handing out guns to child soldiers mm -hmm. and murdering people, then what makes you think that he's going to not do this in the future since he's done it in the past? Oh, he'll do it. Biden, Biden just endorsed the wholesale slaughter of countless people in Africa, in the Middle East, in Eastern and Central Europe. So it, it, it is disgusting. I'm, I'm furious about this. It's awful. And then actually yesterday... This guy, Joe Biden, after letting a prolific arms dealer out of prison, went to a vigil honoring the memory of gun violence victims. <laughs> you can't make that up, man. The hypocrisy knows no bounds. And, of course, we are constantly hearing, whether it's Van Jones, Don Lemon, um, <laughs> NBC, ABC. Uh, yeah, but this was an icon that was brought home, mm -hmm. okay? She means more than yeah. the Marine we left behind, Yeah. okay? And then you ask, an icon? You said, how many people even know who she is? You said, I wish someone would have went out and asked, does anyone know who she is? Yeah. And sure enough, man, it was Daily Caller last summer. They were out on the street in New York asking people, because Brittany Griner, this was the reason they did it was she was in the news because that's when she was in jail for, you know, weed in Russia. And just out of curiosity, they started asking people, you know, uh, do you know uh, who she is or do you can you name any players? Who's your favorite men's basketball player? Do you, do you have a favorite basketball? Stephen Curry. Stephen Curry. OK. Do you have a favorite woman's basketball player? I forgot her name. <laughs> I mean, women deserve equal pay. Uh, they do equal amounts of work. Can you name any uh, WNBA players? No, I can't. Uh, I don't like sports a lot. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But I think you could probably name some NBA players, right? I could, and I think that's because it's a lot more publicized. What's your favorite? Who's your favorite basketball player? Who's your favorite uh, men's basketball player? Um, I think Shaq is really funny. Um, and now I have a question. Who's your favorite women's basketball player? 
Someone on the Utah's women's <laughs> basketball team. We're from Connecticut. So you, you guys can name one NBA player, I'm guessing, right? You guys yeah, can I do can that. Name an NBA yeah. player, yeah. Well, can you name it? Can either you name a WNBA player? No, I cannot name a WNBA player. Not even one. Like, come on. You, what about the icon? WNBA. I can name women's soccer players. Give us a few women's soccer players, then. And then they do. They go on. Some people couldn't even name a WNBA team. But don't get in the way of the narrative. This yeah. was an icon. icon. That's why it was more yeah. important to bring her home and trade <laughs> a guy responsible for tens of thousands of people dying <laughs> for the person that couldn't go a few weeks without weed. Okay. Yeah. That's what we're looking at. All right. Another news update. I'm guessing when we're getting ready for that update, right before we come on, David's going to start laughing and it's going to be something freaking ridiculous. And then we'll get the Nimrods in the news. It's all coming up right here. Markley Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins out. He'll be back on Monday before Nimrods. This is Corinne Jean-Pierre. Yeah, she was asked about a New Hampshire Democrat who's upset that Joe Biden wants to make South Carolina the first state to get the uh, Democratic Party's presidential primary. And Corinne Jean-Pierre opened up her trusty notebook and flipped to the wrong page. Uh-oh, that's unfortunate. Here we go. So look, um, we, honor, uh, we honor the Hatch Act, as I, as I mentioned many times before here, as we are talking about a potential election, a 2020 uh, for a presidential election. But looking backward, it is the ultimate irony, uh, you know, uh, that the 2020 election was, was, uh, was proven by the Trump administration's homeland. Oh, sorry. I think I got ahead of myself there. <laughs> We take the law very seriously here. <laughs> she didn't get that job because she's a box checker. She's yep. great at her job, and you better say it or you're canceled. Now we get to Nimrod's role. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dean. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod's in the news. Man, it's rough out there. Pennsylvania. Woman riding her Razor scooter. Crashed it. Flying on the ground. Driver approached, right? Yeah. Thinking Good Samaritan. Gets out of the car. Grabs a scooter. Puts it in their car. Sped off. Oh, what the hell, man? <laughs> really? You're going to do that? <laughs> hell just got hotter, and that's Nimrod's in the news. <laughs> 